Well, I don't know about you. You can certainly tell we've had some washout now. Look at the uh, look at all the fairy snow down there. Yeah, there's certainly a lot of foam down there, which is probably due to the detergents that are um, discharged with wastewater. The river's certainly very coloured, so the rain has, has washed off a lot of sediment. But the flows are a lot healthier than we've seen over, over the months during the summer. If you'd have seen this a few days ago, I mean, it was pathetic. It was like somebody wringing out a wet rag over the... Uh, Jim Smith and Mark Davis are members of the Sussex Ooze Conservation Society, or SOX as it's known a voluntary organisation of local people working for the environmental enhancement of the Sussex River Ooze. They've met up by the river at Barkham Mills near Lewis on a blustery October day to discuss the state of the river, which is swollen with the first substantial rain after the dry summer of 2005. This water's coming down now. It's not perfect. It's got a lot of runoff, but it's doing a hell of a lot of favours. Well, that's right. It's, it's good. It's, uh, it might not look particularly pleasant, all this brown water, but it's certainly what we need. Mark Davis explains the importance of keeping a watchful eye on water quality in the Sussex Ooze and its tributaries, to which sea trout return to breed every year. The quality of the water is a major contributory factor to basically what lives there. Although checks are carried out by other agencies, they're perhaps not on a as regular basis as, as, as our checks. And if there's any change to the quality of the water, then within a fairly short period of time we can spot it and maybe alert other bodies to take action before it becomes a pollution incident. SOX volunteers collect water samples from a number of sites along the river on a monthly basis. These are then chemically analysed and checked to see whether they fall within the safe environmental and legal limits for the river or whether they pose a threat to the sea trout and other water life. We're monitoring three basic uh, components, which the main contributory factor is sewage discharge or or wastewater discharge, as they like to call it these days. And the three components are ammonia, phosphate and dissolved oxygen. All of those have an effect on on life in, in streams and rivers. Mark is responsible for analysing the water quality data and presenting it on the Society's website, while Jim is the SOX field officer and honorary bailiff and has spent most of his working life on the river. They are discussing the latest water quality results for phosphate and ammonia. Well, these, these are obviously the, uh, the current uh, charts you've just pulled in. Yeah, this is the, the current graph for, um, for October, mm-hmm. uh, which gives our latest results what we're looking at is the amount of measured phosphate over the period of the year. We can see that from about April onwards we've seen a a steady increase in the amount of phosphate. I don't know, Jim, what would we attribute that to? Just looking at it now there, I mean, it does cause an awful lot of concern and uh, I'm just beginning to wonder whether, um, you know, this is just uh, representing a direct result with this dry weather and the uh, lack of dilution uh, on there. But it almost seems as if it's something that is discharging somewhere. Certainly I'm not happy with the uh, the ammonia levels at all. I mean, it's a wonder to me there hasn't been a fish mortality in, uh, in the uh, height of uh, ammonia there. I think probably... As SOC's website manager, Mark realises the importance of presenting the water quality data in a clear and accessible manner, so that any problems that might arise can be interpreted easily and remedial action taken rapidly. 
When I took over the management of the website, we'd always traditionally presented the information in, in basic tables with figures, and it became immediately apparent to me that this was um, a, a boring way of, or un, an uninteresting way of presenting the information. Uh, it was difficult to follow. Um, in some of the cells of the table, there were like two figures, one which was in brackets, which, for instance, represented an average. It was very difficult to follow. So I came up with the idea of, of a more interesting way by using graphs, which instantly you can look at and, um, and either follow a trend or, or see a specific value. Jim agrees that the switch to graphical representation of water quality data has made it much easier to interpret. Well, I think if you look at it in uh, the graph form, I think it's probably a lot, uh, a lot easier for people to pick up in terms of reading it, as opposed to uh, printing it out in, uh, if you like, in columns or uh, monthly reports. If people can see a year chart, in other words, from January to December, and that particular chart is dealing with a particular area of the river, say uh, here, like in the Ouse or in the Uck, people can then uh, look at it month by month, as opposed to looking and having to look it up and say, oh, it's you know written up in so-and-so, uh, that in July the water quality was bad. The data are presented on the website in two different visual formats, line graphs and bar charts. The line graphs show how the level of the chemicals, phosphate for instance, varies over time at one particular location. Why did Mark choose a line graph to present this kind of information? Basically because we're, we're looking at something over a sort of fixed period of time, say a year. Each month we take a sample so we can actually see the rise and fall of, of each of the components we measure. It's easy to follow. We can spot isolated incidents or we can spot trends. We can also point other people to look at our website and instead of trying to interpret a table, they can see the information fairly quickly and easily themselves without any, any sort of effort to, to interpret it. With his extensive field knowledge, Jim finds it pretty straightforward to look at the line graph for phosphate at the Clappers Bridge sampling site over the year and work out what's actually happening in the river there, knowing that over the summer there had been near drought conditions. When you're looking at the phosphate levels, you can see the peaks on there and you can see the troughs where it drops out. You can see uh, starting over uh, on the left of the uh, graph as we're looking at it where it's comparatively uh, low and then uh, it starts to climb. It starts to correspond here with the uh, predominant time when we've got uh, particularly low flow in the river system, virtually no flow there at all. So that uh, does represent the three particular months of the year when it was at its driest peak. So therefore you're going to get that much higher readings. And in my opinion, that's what the, uh, what the problem is. Bar charts, on the other hand, are used to show the yearly average levels of monitored components at all the different sampling sites. We use bar charts because we're trying to um, present a comparative view of different locations that we actually sample uh, from and also the fact that the information we're trying to, um, we're trying to present is based on an average which is laid down within a, an EU directive. But the basic gist is the fact that it's to present comparative data for different locations. 
and each of the bar charts that we produce in our monthly report are for the three different components that we measure but compare them over so many sites. From the bar chart, Jim can see that the yearly averages for phosphate at two of the monitoring sites are over the acceptable levels and thus pinpoint an area that might need investigating further, either by SOX or other environmental agencies. I think predominantly there, there is a discharge that's come in uh, and usually when you start to get phosphate levels up like that, it usually means it's one of two things. It could be a farm discharge somewhere or it could be from a works. Now I think to myself, now where are all the places up there that are likely to cause the problem? Having a graph like this, this is where it's useful to be able to look at that. If you are presenting that in course of any form of uh, evidence, you can say to yourself, something's going on up there and uh, somebody needs to go and take some sampling. Whereas a peak on the line graph might be a one-off incident at a particular location, a high average level over the year at that location, shown on the bar chart, would definitely be cause for concern. For the line graph, we are presenting the variation of the three different components over a period of time for one location. And for the bar graphs, we are presenting comparative information for each individual chemical component over a number of sites. So each bar on the graph represents a different location, but each bar is for the same measured component. There seems no doubt that the move to graphical presentation of water quality data about the Sussex ooze has helped SOX to communicate effectively, both with the interested public and the various agencies concerned with environmental protection. Well, I think it's very useful because it does uh, give people an awful uh, good chance to be able to look up on the website and see exactly what their particular area of stream or what their particular area of river is carrying. It's carrying, you know, nitrates, phosphates, ammonias and things like that. And it gives them some idea of the sort of environment where they're actually living. I think it will make people look twice somebody could just look at a table and instantly go away but graphs if we present them month on month then people who are interested in that can come back the next month and see how things are changed or actually put graphs side by side and actually see directly compare them directly and if we need to make a point um, or publicize or even campaign about something we can tell uh, the bodies that we're campaigning against or the bodies that are helping us to actually look at our website and there it is in, in colour. From the Open University. For more information, go to www.open.ac.uk forward slash use.